Welcome to this week's episode of Eye of the Swarm, your in-depth look at anything and anything Yellow Jacket Athletics with our engineer Elliot Swery, the Big Sound Matt Johnson. I am John Garvey, and welcome to this week's episode. And it's uh, been a couple weeks again, Matt, and uh, it hasn't gotten any slower. No, you know the it's it's getting a little cooler outside. I'm still wearing shorts, but it's it's still it's getting a little cooler out there. And it's you know you start to look at the calendar now, going okay, early October and. Crossover season is coming because hockey and basketball start their practices next week, and you know it's uh, I've, I've got the thirty days of jacket hockey going, and it's like okay, we're we're into it. Yep, the crossover season is coming up. You wouldn't be able to tell by the weather. Um, no, like I said, it's getting a little yeah. bit cooler, but still wearing shorts. Yeah, yeah, and the fact that we're in October now, and a couple days into October, and uh, I'm not wearing shorts as we record this, but. Um, yeah, I mean, the fact that you have the ability to still wear shorts and be comfortable is pretty remarkable. Um, we really have looked out in terms of home events. You know, and it, you know, as far as the weather goes, it's been... We've had 15 really home soccer games. Right, yeah. And I think there's been, you know, last Saturday with the rain, right, particularly yeah. in the women's match. Yep. And then a, a couple weeks prior, we, right. we had a little bit cooler day with, with some moisture, but... For the most part, it, yeah, it's been, I, I've never experienced a fall like this. No, there's been a lot of sunshine. We haven't actually even had that much wind, which is the part that really. And when we have, it's been out of the south, so it's been warm. Right, yeah, like which has been the part that's really surprised me. I mean, I don't, can't tell you how many times I've looked at the flagpole doing the soccer games this uh, fall and looked at it, and it's been either limp or barely moving. Right, like one of those two. And man, yeah, it's it's just made for a nice broadcasting experience. Um, like you said, we did have. I wouldn't call it uh, torrential rain in the women's game against Morris. I mean, but it was it was coming down. Yeah, it was it was raining pretty good. Yeah, it, it was raining pretty good, especially in the second half. Yep, yep. You know, I got well. It started at halftime, and then it just didn't. Well, play. I got the text message just before the half from uh, Glenn Drexler, track and cross country coach, and you know he's up in Proctor, and he gives me the uh, hey, be ready because in about five minutes you're going to get shelled. And right. It doesn't last long, but it it, it really comes down, and you know we we made it to halftime. It's like okay, that's good, and then you start eyeballing the clock going can right, we yeah. get to that 70 minute mark to make sure that this is an official contest right yeah yeah and uh for a while there boy it was really coming down and yeah. I, I felt horrible for the players standing out there in that when you're not playing right yep and particularly bad for the people who were shagging the balls that went out of bounds <laughs> because yeah. they were sitting there just getting soaked to the bone <laughs> i have more respect for ball shaggers especially you know, when the weather is bad because yeah. they do a lot of standing around and they're waiting for something to happen. And, um, yeah, and some of those balls, I mean, I don't know how familiar our listenership is with as far as that far sideline from the press box, but a lot of times the ball will leave the stadium over there <laughs> because there's nothing but a small chain link fence it's am- on that far side. Well, it, it, it's, it, it doesn't go out of bounds nearly as often on the side with the bleachers, it seems like. No, yeah, exactly. It's always on the opposite side where the player benches are. Right, yeah, and that happens to be the side, like I said, with there's a black chain-link fence, Yep. which isn't super tall. No, it's not high enough. Yeah, and so it's easy to kick the ball out of the stadium over there. And there's also a set of woods over there. <laughs> yeah, you've got so. the open area, and then you've got woods, which we call coyote country because we know that there are coyotes that right. reside right somewhere and- over there. And... Uh, Always, especially during night games, it's you tell the the ball shaggers, "Hey, if you can't see it, you don't have to go in there and get it. We can come back tomorrow during the day and look for it. Right. It's, it's yeah. not worth it." Right? Yeah. And I I don't think people truly believe me when I say there are coyotes out there, so don't. Right? Yeah. 
But there's been times you've you've been out there during a game where you see one come walking out of the woods yep. and just go trotting along the fence over there. Yeah, just having a look at what's going on. Yep, over and then there. going back into the woods and you know we've yep. seen deer and everything over there, but the deer are scared of you, whereas the coyotes will confront right, you. Right. Yeah. Um. You know, and there are train tracks back there too. Correct. So it's the the whole dynamic is kind of strange on that far side of the field, um, because the ball actually and it doesn't take a lot to clear it out of the stadium over there. No, it doesn't. It it you can literally. Just have an average clear that you might have like been on full speed, and it will take a bounce and bounce over that fence. Mm-hmm. So there are probably – it happens more often in the men's game, I will say. It does. We did have a, in the championship game last year against Bethany Lutheran, one guy from Bethany Lutheran literally kicked that ball. I don't know if it ever got found. because We didn't send anybody in to go look for it. Okay, because he hit that ball so hard. Yeah. It went – not only did it go out of the stadium, it went on the fly into the woods. And yeah. I thought, okay, that ball's never going to no, see the that one. No, that one's pretty deep. And it, usually if – you tell the the students that are doing that job, you know, if you get to the edge of the woods yeah. and you you can see in maybe 10, 15 feet, because some of that's pretty thick back there. Right, yeah. And if you can't see it, right. you don't need to go in there. I know they're expensive. Soccer balls are not cheap, but – if you can't Especially see it, game balls, yeah. Game balls are, are not cheap, and you, you don't want to cost the university money. Right. But I also don't, don't want you risking life and limb to go in there and search for the I thing. will say that that was the first time I had seen it hit the woods on the fly. Yeah, that was and that, that was, was that was a boot. Yeah, that I mean, he, he came over, it was uh, uh, Phillips, the defender for Bethany Lutheran, came over and he just wailed this ball. And I thought to myself, when he hit it, I thought, that's never going to see the light of day again. Yeah. I mean, that could have made it to the train track. It, it, quite possibly. Yeah. I mean, he hit it that hard. Mm-hmm. Um, because usually when they clear it out on that far side, it takes a couple of bounces and might roll in the woods. This was on the fly. It yeah. was going out of the stadium on the on – the, It was like, still rising. Yeah, it was still rising when it left the stadium. <laughs> I thought, okay, there's <laughs> – that's one of the more emphatic clears I've seen in a long time out of the stadium. But, um, yeah, it's just, you know, every once in a while. And, and those ball shakers have a very thankless job. They do. Overall, anyway. You know, I, I don't think they understand how much I appreciate the job they do. And we try to tell them that, especially on a day like Saturday where yeah, they're leaving raining. the stadium and they are soaked from head to toe. Um, or those spring baseball games where the wind is off the lake oh, boy. at 20 miles an hour and, and they're, There's chasing, some balls that and they're chasing down fall balls and home run balls into the creek and things like that. Right. Uh, thankless job, absolutely, but... Couldn't have more gratitude for those students. Oh, yeah. Especially when when it's hit out to left field at the baseball field. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's hit over the fence out in left field. Like, there's woods and marsh over there. So it's like, yikes. Yeah. You know, that's that's digging pretty uh, pretty deep. I do remember one time when we played, and you might remember this as well. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Um, <laughs> we were, uh, I think the women's soccer team was playing over at Lincoln Park Middle School. And I, for, I think it was St. Kate's they were playing actually at home that day. And Lincoln Park soccer field is right next to the hill. And it's a very steep hill. (laughs) (laughs) And Dan Laughlin, our women's hockey coach, was the game manager. And he was shagging balls that day. And one of the St. Kate's players sent one on on the fly out of the stadium and down the hill. And I remember the look on Daniel's face as if to say, Am I supposed oh, to go no. get that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he literally had to scale the hill and go down to the bottom and uh, pick that up. That was the same uh, That was the same year that we had the uh, infamous tarp incident where the wind blew the tarp or the tent right onto the field. <laughs> which, Two of Dano's greatest hits. Yes, that was. A, but I remember the look on his face, the look of utter like 
horror <laughs> realizing that because to get to that to the bottom of that hill you have to actually leave the parking lot and drive down the hill <laughs> and actually have to like pull off to the side of the road and then you have to get out of your car and then traipse across <laughs> unless you want to climb over the fence and then do it but it's about that's a another one of drop. those where you just kind of look at it and go boy is it worth it to go get a ball yeah it was it was it's like a 50 foot drop boy but I, you know, and you can hear the groan from everyone as soon as that ball got. It was like, oh, the audible groan. Yeah, exactly. And Dano had this whole like befuddled look, like, oh, I'm gonna have to go get the that. The shoulders kind of shrug and slump. Yeah, a exactly. Bit. And All so right, let's let's go. He get goes the out ball. to the parking lot, gets in his car, and drives away. <laughs> Probably the only time ever you have to shag a ball where you have to actually get in your car to go get oh, it. Oh my gosh, that's funny. Yeah, that was pretty good. Well, let, let's dive into it. All right, let's get into it here. Enough of those funny stories. <laughs> Speaking of women's soccer, I'm glad you brought it up. Uh, they've won five straight now. They have. Yeah, and they're playing really well Emphatically. Right now. They, yeah, very emphatically. Uh, picked up two wins again last week, defeating Crown 5 nothing and Minnesota Moore 6-1 to in the deluge. That was the second half. Interesting note, though, on the deluge, by the way, it stopped as soon as the game went final. Yeah. <laughs> it's the entire 45 minutes of the second half. It rained. It rained. But then as soon as the final whistle went, yeah, that was it. I didn't even need the umbrella when I was leaving the stadium. I know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, they were soaked, but all of a sudden it stopped raining. Yep. Anyway, against Crown, uh, UWS got four goals. Congratulations to Maya Holmquist, the freshman from uh, Buffalo, Minnesota. 17-18, 31-12, 31-26, and 32-27, which I know put a lot of pressure on you as the PA man. It did. (laughs) Because you had those last three goals. It's one minute and 15 seconds. And I've got to do some research because that's got to be close to an NCAA record. It's got to be. Fastest three goals from one person? Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be right there. I I mean, mean, that's... That's really fast. Well, between like one and between the second and third goals, it's fourteen seconds. Right. So I I, I got to do some research, and the I know those records are available through the NCAA. I think okay. it'd be worth a look because that's yeah. Boy, you, yeah. I think you're hard pressed to find two goals that that close together. Yeah. I in soccer, yes, for sure. It just was. I'm kind of bummed out that I missed it. I wasn't there that day, but yeah, I'm kind of. I would have liked to have heard your PA call on those, just because. That was interesting. <laughs> well, I got stopped twice. Yeah. <laughs> well, you you have to announce the one goal. I'm announce, the I started game. announcing the second goal when she scored the third. Right, yeah. And so I stopped, let the celebration and all that stuff happen, and then I started announcing the second goal again. And a kind gentleman right in front of the press box stuck his head in the window and said, that's not two, it's three. Yes, I know. I'm well aware of that, sir. I have to announce the second goal first. Right. I'll get to and, that third and goal. And so I got the yeah. second goal done. And then I started announcing the third goal, and she scored again. Yeah, that was a minute, one second So later. then I yeah. had to start over, and I announced the third one, and I looked down at the bench, and the players are yelling from the field that, no, it's four goals. And I almost used the mic just to say, I am aware it's four goals, but I have to announce the third one first. <laughs> and so I got the third one announced, and then I didn't even turn the mic off between goals three and four. Right. You know, I just... Wise guy kind of said, "Stop me if you've heard this one before," yeah. and went into announcing the fourth goal for my own. So quest. yeah, there you go. That was my home quiz day and John Garber's day on the PA. Mm-hmm. Uh, ended up five nothing because Naya Wilson, as she usually does, scored a goal at fifty four oh four to complete the shutout. Jenna Lang and Morgan Phillips split time to pick up that shutout against Morris. The Yellow Jackets got four goals again. This time. Well, from one player, I should say. Four goals from one player again. It was not Holmquist this time. This time it was Nia Wilson. 26-53, 27-50, 58-26, and 68-31. And then additional goals from Anna Schusman and Ava Giswold. Congratulations to Giswold, by the way. That's her first career goal. Yep. Jenna Lang and Morgan Philiber again split time and goal. And they actually had a shutout string of uh, almost 500 minutes there, didn't they? 
Um, I was getting up there. It was, it was close. just under 500 minutes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. It was just under 500 minutes going back to the Stout game in the middle of September. So yeah. it had been a long time since they'd given up a goal. Yeah, they finally did give up a goal off a corner kick in like the last. I want to say five minutes of the game. I think. Yeah, it was, it was under 10 minutes to go. Yeah. yeah, it was something like that when it was six nothing. So it really didn't matter, but. Uh, they end up winning at six to one. Uh, Wilson was named UMAC Offensive Player for the third or Offensive Player for the week for the third time this season. Uh, her other awards came on September seventh and September thirteenth. So congratulations to her. She's leading the conference in scoring. She's got thirteen goals now. Thirteen goals. Yep, thirteen goals for Nia Wilson, the Spear native. So she's doing both Spear High School and UWS proud, Absolutely. to say the least. Men's soccer five and six overall, five and one in the UMAC. They won two out of three games. Busy week for the men. Uh, they shut it out. They shut out Crown eight nothing on Friday before downing Minnesota Moore seven nothing on Saturday. Both those games at the NBC Spartan Sports Complex, and then they had a tough one yesterday against a really really good opponent. Yeah, lost nationally to, ranked. Yeah, I mean they're they're really good. My my one of my two alma maters. I will say that lost to uh, number twenty two ranked Saint Olaf yesterday down in Northfield six to one uh, against Crown Archie Jeardrum. Congratulations to him. Notch's first career hat trick. In that contest, Blake Perry's goal at 48-38 kind of stole the show, though. That was his 44th career goal, making him the all-time leading scorer in UWS men's soccer history. He broke the mark set by uh, Eric Watson in, was it 2018? 19. 19, was it 19? Okay. Bucklew said it in 18. Okay, then it was... Waddy got it in 19. Now it's 21. Perry probably would have got it in 20. Yeah. You know, if they had a full season to play. Right. So, you know, and he ends up getting it here in 21. And with half a schedule left... He's got an opportunity to put some, yeah, some distance between himself and the rest of the field. Yep, yeah, I agree. Yeah, he's he's probably going to be up in the sixties now because he he scored a forty fifth goal in there as well. Yep. So and the next day against uh, uh, Morris, we'll talk more about that in a second. But uh, against Crown, UWS also got goals from Scott Wilson, Blake Doye, Josh Bellamy, and Philip Erickson, Alex Paredes, and Peyton Anderson splitting time and goal. Against Morris, the Yellow Jackets Protoss Babia got a hat trick. So we had two players score four goals for the women and two players get hat tricks for the men on that same weekend. So a lot of goals being scored. Protus Bobby had netted a hat trick, 13-17, 69-17, and 69-22, the times of those goals. Uh, Yellow Jackets got additional goals from Nikolai Stoker, Philip Erickson, Perry, and Brandon Conklin. Alex Brady's and Peyton Anderson against split time and against, or in goal, excuse me. And against St. Olaf, the Yellow Jackets' lone goal came from Bobby uh, from the penalty spot of 45-56. Alex Paredes had seven saves in goal. That St. Olaf team is really good. Yeah, um, It's probably the best team I've seen them have in a really long time. Uh, Joe Mooney, Yellow Jacket head coach, and I watched them play Wartburg, and they just smashed a really good Wartburg team. So uh, that team is legit. That's 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 not an indictment, losing that game 6-1, to uh, right. the Yellow Jackets. That St. Olaf team is really good. It might be the best team that I've seen, and I went there when they made it to the Sweet 16. Okay. Because so, I was going to say, there's, there's a strong likelihood they're going to be a one seed. Yeah. Yeah, they're. I mean, right now should they get th- they <coughs> should they get through the the MIAC? Yeah, they should be a one seed. If they don't, they're still probably going to get in at large, but probably not. Right. As a yeah. One. I mean, they're in first place in the MIAC right now, all alone. Yeah. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I don't really see very many teams being able to hang with them right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they've lost one game this year was to Colorado College at the beginning of the year, and Colorado College is a very good program. Sure. Uh, they tied the University of Chicago, which is a uh, uh, Division three power. And they've won nine other games, and most of these games have not been close. Right, they've been winning these games three, four, five, nothing. You know, in the Yellow Jackets' case, six, one. But yeah, they've that's a really, really good team. So not a not a bad loss for the Yellow Jackets at all. Volleyball five and twelve overall, and three and two in the UMAC. Now they split a pair of matches last weekend, sweeping crowned three sets to nothing, twenty five sixteen, twenty five seven, and twenty five six. 
on Friday. Yeah, that one. That's a fast match. That's a very fast match. At the Wild Athletic Center in St. Bonifacius, Minnesota, before before being swept by Minnesota Morse, 22-25, 17-25, 15-25 on Saturday at Jim Gamel's Court in Morris. Against Crown, the Yellow Jackets got 10 kills from Miana Stark, 31 assists from Megan Holes, and 13 digs from Jenna Anderson. Against Morris, the Yellow Jackets were led by Cassie Teff with 9 kills. Megan Holes had 24 assists and 11 digs. Jenna Anderson had 21 digs as well. And they'll be next in action. They've got a couple matches coming up this weekend as well. So we'll talk more about that in the final segment. Men's and women's cross country. Both teams competed at the Blue Gold Invite, hosted by UW-Eau Claire at Whitetail Golf Course in Eau Claire. Men finished with a team score of 597 and were led by Derek Moe who ran the 8K course with a time of 27 minutes and 4.69 seconds. Women finished with a team score of 743 and were paced by Nicole Koski, who completed the course in 2618.96. And so, uh, and they're both off this weekend, so they get a couple of weeks before the UMAC, I think. Is that the UMAC Championships then? Is that no, the UMAC Championships are on the 30th. Okay. So they've, they've got one more tune-up meet in there before, they, okay. before the championships. Men's and women's golf, both teams competed at the MLC Invite, hosted by Martin Luther at the Oakdale Golf Club in Buffalo Lake, Minnesota. On Saturday, the men took home the team titles. Congratulations to Coach Paul Eberhardt and the Yellow Jackets with a score of 311. The Yellow Jackets were paced by Cody Stanish, who placed second individually with a score of 73. The women placed third as a team with a score of 376. The Yellow Jackets were led by Sky Kobanis with an individual score of 89 to place fifth in the individual standings in the women's event. Men's tennis wraps it up this week and they had an interesting like non-traditional season uh, opportunity to play some tennis they played at the ITA Midwest Regional hosted by Gustavus Adolphus at the Swanson Tennis Center in St. Peter on Friday and Saturday and for those of you who do not know this is a big event it's a big deal yeah it's a this big is event. a really big deal yeah basically what it is is it's kind of an opportunity for all of these athletes to kind of get together there are no team scores here so this is basically an individual event um, but uh, basically players from all over the region get together and they play against one another and they actually set up a bracket. So it is kind of like what you would see with a WTA event or, or a, a, you know, a, a, a tennis event um, at the professional level where they yep. just they play down and then, you know, eventually there's a winner, you know, on both the doubles and the single side. Yep. And the men went down there. So bear with us here. We'll go through these as quickly as we can. But it's a big deal. Yeah. There's a lot of athletes that go down there, and it's a great exposure for the program. So first time they've ever done it, too, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and it's a regional thing. So it's it's yeah. you're getting – they're getting exposure to, to athletes and programs that they don't normally see right. over yeah, the exactly. course of a regular season because you got teams coming up from – well, it's a regional, so all over Chicago and, yep. Yep. you know, Iowa and everything. So I'll run through this as quickly as I can here. On Friday, Andre Louise of the Yellow Jackets started out the day by defeating Riley Collins of Loris, 6-1-6-2, in his first individual match before falling to Gustavus's Oscar Wickstrom, 6-3-6-2, in his second match. So that knocked him out of the singles portion. Michael James, meanwhile, lost his first match to Wartburg's K. Davis, 1-6-6-1-0-1. That was 10 points, by the way. That was an interesting match just because it was so one-sided one way or the other. And then at the very end, it came right down to it as well. Right. That was an interesting match, but James ends up falling to K. Davis of Wartburg, while Gergo Potsnagy dropped a 6-3, 6-3 decision to Concordia, Wisconsin's Landon Sather. That was in singles on that Friday. Jacob Zacharias also on that Friday fell 6-love, 6-love to Yuv Kateria of Carlton in his first match, while Jace Gilbertson defeated Peter Harrela of Luther 6-4, 6-1 before falling to Ethan Heidela of St. Mary's 7-6, 1-6, 0-1. 
in his second match. Miles Dempsey also dropped his first-round match to Jake Peters of Concordia Moorhead 6-1, 6-1. So you get the idea here that there's just a lot of different guys that are involved. And, of course, the women had theirs. That was actually down at Whitewater. But, yep. um, yeah, it's it's basically a chance for all these guys to get some action. You know, I mean, and we've seen it now for the last few years uh, with the men. This year the women went as well on the golf side where they have the right, yeah. the, the regional – down at Benedictine in Illinois. Right. Yep. And, uh, you know, Coach Eberhardt's men's team, I think, two seasons ago. Placed fourth, I think. At third. Third. Really oh, strong yeah. showing at that event. And that was kind of where he, he went, okay, we can. We got a team. We, we stack up. Yeah. We yeah, got a really we, good team. We can play with anybody. Yep. So it, it it's a little different on the golf side, obviously, than the tennis side, but it's the same idea that, right. it, yep. you know, it gives you that opportunity. Right. It's same, same concept. <clears throat> yep. yep. You're seeing a lot of different athletes, which gives you kind of an overall picture of where you're at. In doubles action on that Friday, by the way, Louise and Potsnagy won their first match for having their second match of the day postponed until Saturday. James and Zacharias, meanwhile, fell to Daniel Moore and Yanozi Amadike of Carthage 8-4. to four. So they Way were out. to pronounce that name. How about that, huh? I worked on that you one. You didn't even slow down. You just no. zipped right through that one. Well, because when I wrote it down, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to remember this as fast as I can. That so. is, uh, that's some professional broadcasting right there. Oh, there you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> just showing our ability right there. And then on Saturday, of course, play continued. Louise and Potsnagy down Gustavus's Marco Siviero and Diego Guzman 8-5 to five in their first match, which is a nice win because Gustavus is a national power, by the yes, way, they for are. those of you who don't know, in tennis. But they ended up following UW-Whitewater's duo of Brendan Paitola and Peyton Atkinson 8-3 in the third round of doubles competition. And other doubles competition, Gilbertson and Dempsey fell to Dylan Weimers and Joachim Fernandez of Luther 8 nothing. So that was uh, how they concluded the uh, the Midwest Regional, the ITA Midwest Regional down in St. Peter. But like you said, overall, the whole point is just to get exposure, get a chance to play a little bit in a non-traditional season. And uh, it sounds like it went pretty darn well for the most part. Yeah, it, it did. They, they had a good showing there. So it was uh, definitely a worthwhile weekend, I think, for C.J. Schaffner and the, the men's tennis crew. I agree. Yeah. So And that was something, of course, that we actually talked about with uh, him and Maya Callaway. Correct. Uh, last year was the fact that uh, he wanted to get both teams in the regionals, and he did that, and they both competed and uh, fared pretty well, really, for a first time out. So uh, hopefully more uh, to come on the in the future in the uh, in the tennis regionals in the non-traditional season for both Absolutely. teams. Absolutely. Here's your your nugget that you didn't know you needed to know. What's that? So Tom Valentini, the head tennis coach at Gustavus, right. the national power that you were talking about. His dad was my high school baseball coach. Oh, wow. <laughs> I wish I would have done a little research on that one. And we got to come up and uh, say something a little more enlightening <laughs> during, uh, during my uh, summary of what went on. Down His Peter, father but... is an attorney in my hometown and he was our, uh, he was my high school baseball coach. Oh, wow. Yep. So if well, you're listening, you Pazzo, how you doing? <laughs> Very nice. I like that connection. <laughs> We're going to take a break, and when we come back, we mentioned earlier that we have a new all-time scoring champion here at UW-Superior in men's soccer. It's Blake Perry, and uh, he and Coach Mooney will be joining us in the roundtable right after this. You are listening to Eye of the Swarm. Are we sure we're ready for this expansion? Of course we're ready for it. It's a great idea. Let's celebrate with a vacation. I'm thinking <laughs> Hawaii. We're ready for you. Is it okay if my friend comes with? Of course. Imagination's always welcome here. 
Bring us your best ideas. Let's see how we can help. National Bank of Commerce. Imaginations welcome. We're back on the roundtable segment of Eye of the Swarm, uh, otherwise known as Blake Perry and the Droopy Mics, and we are <laughs> inside, inside joke. And, inside uh, joke. You know, we'll get it out there right away, but uh, at any rate, Joe Mooney, the head Yellow Jacket men's soccer coach, Blake Perry, the new all-time goal-scoring leader for the program, are joining us, and but uh, let's cut right to it. I'll, I'll say first, I know you've been somewhat of a local celebrity lately, Blake. You've been on the news shows and everything. I've watched none of them because I didn't want to have anything we're talking about influenced by what you might have already said. So I will apologize in advance if I repeat questions. But the the new all-time leading goal scorer, and I, I think this is probably something that the the minute Eric Watson broke the record in 2019, everybody kind of said, okay, let's map out the games and see how long it's going to take Perry to break that record. So probably something that's been on your radar for a while, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's been on my radar, but like at the same time, I just want to get a W with the team. And I, I think we we just we become so accustomed to him scoring in bunches. And uh, it was a little kind of slow at the beginning. And we, you get into a few games here and, you know, we, there's been no Blake Perry goals yet. So it's been a, it was a little bit of a slow start. But you could kind of see things ramping up a little bit. And then we, we get to Friday and the goal happens and the shirt comes off and the yellow <laughs> card comes out. Um, it, it was a fun celebration, but at the same time, was it a little bit of relief too that it was finally done? Uh, there was a lot of relief in that because, I mean, it did take me a while this season to finally do it. So, yeah, there was a lot of relief. From a, a coaching standpoint, Joe, it, the numbers weren't coming, but it's not as if he was playing poorly, correct? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. So uh, I'll just I'll comment quickly on the yellow card. So, Blake, <laughs> <laughs> so before the game... Uh, I had no idea uh, why he asked me, but he just he came up to me and made sure that he had two yellow cards this season uh, because if you get five yellow cards in a season, you have to sit a game. And so he wanted to make sure that he wasn't sitting on like three or four cards. So to know that he was on two and this would only be three, you could just kind of see the wheels turning. And so as soon as the goal came, the shirt came off. <laughs> and it was, a, it was a classy celebration. It really was. Uh, um, you know, And I think everybody was was I don't think anybody on the sideline was relieved we were all just very excited for him um you know knew it was coming at some point you mentioned John you know just in terms of the way that Blake has been playing and I think that really what I've seen from him this year has been uh I mean he's played everybody as well as any other season I think he's played better this season I think one of the things that that Blake has been adjusting to now is there's a lot more on his shoulders you know um He's, you know, the last time we had a full season, he was a sophomore and uh, could really just, uh, not that there weren't leadership qualities there, but he had guys like Eric Watson and, uh, you know, uh, Dalton, Dalton Von Kainel and Danny Kearns and, uh, you know, uh, players in the, in the class above him, uh, whether it's Miguel or AJ or any of those guys as well. He's had a lot of guys that, you know, have, have really been kind of, um, you know, part of that leadership group or, you know, part of that, you know, kind of core player group. And now he's at the helm of that, that leadership group and that core player group. And so um, I think one of the things that I've been really proud of him this season so far has been the way he's really stepped in uh, into that leadership role. 
And at times, I think, you know, especially for a forward, that can be tough. We saw it with Eric Watson. Eric Watson's junior year, when his first year as a captain, he only scored four yeah, goals. Yeah, his numbers dipped, and I was going to make reference to that, too. Yeah, so. sorry I stole that from no, him. No, that's but all yeah, right. That's I, all right. I like it when you steal it. That's good. Right. That's good. <laughs> you know, and so, um, you know, I think that the the adjustment that Blake has made to being a leader but not letting that change really kind of just, you know, who he is and, and, you know, the way that he plays, he's done a really good job of balancing that. Um, and so... Uh, you know, I guess I, I could have maybe called it at the beginning of the season that I would, you know, maybe the first few games uh, when he took that armband on, maybe it does. I mean, it's just, it's different. It's when you're not as concerned, you don't have to be as concerned just about yourself and your own job, but you have to look around at the other 10 guys in the field and help them in their role, in their job, you know, and, and obviously Blake was able to do that without the armband, but there's a whole different responsibility and finding that balance can be tricky. And I think that these last couple of games, what I've seen from him is that balance really start to shift again, where he's 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 doing everything, you know, kind of at a at an ultimate like a high level. And so I expect, you know, the team is going to be doing better uh, under his leadership and, and really what he's done now and, and kind of taking over. But I also expect I think the, the production will come out, you know, um, I hope that doesn't jinx you for the upcoming weekend here, Blake. I know it won't. All right, um, but that's you know if I if I had a crystal ball, I you know I would not be surprised if if we saw big production you know out of him in the upcoming games. And I'm looking for something wooden to, to knock on here. It's not really wood. It's like a fake wood table. But go so ahead. And it's give a it fake a shot. knock on wood. There, I yeah. reach for it. Step away from the mic for a second. Close okay. enough. Close yeah. enough. That's what I'll say. For, from your standpoint, has it been different? I and mean, how has it been different if it has been? It's been different in a couple ways. I mean, I've noticed this year I don't really talk to opponents as much anymore hmm. because, like, that was a big part of my game for the first three years here. But now I try and put that energy towards my teammates instead of put it just on one guy that's marking me all game. And it seems to work out better for my teammates and for me. Do you miss that? Because, I mean, it's a, it was a part of your game for, for probably quite a while. So do you miss that part? I miss it sometimes, but when I miss it, I just talk to the kid a little bit, and and then I feel rejuvenated again. (laughs) Get your fix in. (laughs) You know, it's funny about that, though, John. It's interesting you bring that up because I'm not sure it was necessarily even a conscious thing. Was it just kind of something that happened, Blake? I mean, was that – because, I mean, I've I've covered you now going on four years, and I know your game pretty well, and I know, like like I said, you like to, to – there's a little bit of conversation going on back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, was that something that just kind of came organically, or did you really make a, a, a commitment to being like, look, i I got to take my focus and be more with my teammates now than on the other guy? I mean, it just kind of came throughout time, I guess, because, like, there, there was just a lot of energy that probably didn't need to go towards other people that I could have put towards myself and towards my teammates that – I've now realized to do that, and it's worked out a lot better. Is there again? It's sorry, John. No, go you ahead. know, again, it's it's all about balance, and that's what I'm I'm so proud with Blake. You know, the way that he's trying to find that balance. You know, because to me, a lot of the talk that that came in in previous years, it's not like I don't think it's you know him just trying to be cocky. It's not him you know trying to just have that edge or whatever. It's you know. In, in game situations where it's like a you know an opponent might feel like they've got the upper hand and our guys feel a little bit like you know they're looking for that answer like are we going to be all right here are we going to be able to, to compete and then you look over at, at number 19 and he's chirping the kid and he and it's you know and it's not it's not fronted it's 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 an absolute confidence that he knows that he's going to get that guy in his pocket at some point and uh 
the the way that the rest of the team responded to that, you know, it was just kind of like this beacon of confidence um, and justified confidence. Uh, so it had its place in really helping our team. And so I think that finding that balance, you know, uh, you know, Blake, I'll say it on air, I guess. Like, I don't mind if you chirp him a little bit here and there when you, <laughs> when you feel the need to. Some of my favorite one-liners have come out of Blake Perry, and I'm going to keep those just between the two of us, all right? It's but, a family uh, show, Joe. It's, <laughs> it's a family no, show. No, I didn't want to even go there, but it's just something, you know, that I just, like, I'd like to kind of have that as, like, my little nugget that, you know, from from Perry that, uh, you know, I may use at some point and maybe even trademark as my own. Do you find yourself in, that, in a position where you get one of those – all-time great Blake Perry chirps at an opponent, but you know you have to be serious, but you kind of <laughs> turn the shoulder and, and look at Coyote Country over the fence and have a good <laughs> chuckle before you come back to the field. That's what assistant coaches are for. You just turn to them. <laughs> Did you hear what Blake said? Yep. And then we'll talk about it later on after the game. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I imagine it's been an adjustment for your opponents too, because after three years, they, they have a pretty good idea of what to expect, that they're going to get an earful and – it probably has some kind of an effect on them too, because now they they might be prepared for it or have their own special chirps yeah. in store for you, and then it doesn't have the desired effect on you that maybe they thought it would have. Yeah, there's been a couple of people that have tried to chirp me this year, but like I don't know, I live off that. Like I love when people want to chirp me because it just makes me more mad and makes me just want to beat them. <laughs> so like I love when they chirp me, and then. I guess just like not giving a response back, like just kind of brings it even worse for them because they expect a response. They right. expect me to get mad. And then when you don't, I guess it just, it just is worse for them. It's interesting for me to watch because, uh, you know, one of the things about Blake that I noticed right away, and this is one of the things I used to describe him as I said, he's the most skilled player we have one-on-one for sure. He's a great finisher of the ball. I said, but he's also that guy that if you're playing against him, he's a total pain. Because he is like he will come back defensively, he will work his butt off trying to get the ball off of your feet, and then he'll tell you about it as he's doing it. And that's one of those guys he gets under people's skin, and that was the way that like I kind of described it. He's kind of like that all around guy. Um, and it's it. Some guys are just that way, you know. Uh, I know you've had a few guys that have been like that, Joe. Over well, the years. Matt, it's and, it's a really good point too, and I think again this probably gets back to that that production conversation where, you know. Blake has been for us at times this year, more so than any other time, you know, because we're a little bit younger this time, you know, this, this year, um, he's been our problem solver. And so if there's a, a position that we're feeling like, you know, we need, we need help in that position, we're going to take him and put him in that position, you know? And so at times it's brought him further back. It's taken him out of that forward spot, out of that, you know, that position where he can go one V one and isolate uh, with defenders. And, you know, he's going to play, more in a in attacking center mid role or even in a number eight role because that's the position we've needed help in on the field and so and and he just does it like there's no question there's no um you know uh you know kind of like you know shrug of the shoulders or anything like that like he's just if that's you know he's so coachable for for a guy of his ability to be that coachable so to you know to be able to say like hey this is what we need and for him to just say if that's the way you find that I'm going to help the team the best, you can just see it in the way he plays. He just goes and does it, right? Um, and so I think that there is, you know, an element of that too, where it's like we've had to take him out of, you know, maybe that goal-scoring role at times just to get some extra help in the midfield or wherever it might be. You know, and I, I was going to bring that up. You stole another one from me. You know, maybe you You're should welcome. be hosting the show. <laughs> but, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Big shoes to fill. But guards, I, I yeah. think it was the Augsburg match to start the mm-hmm. year where we we were upstairs and we're all just going. He's, he's playing mid. 
Yeah. This is weird. I think you were up there with us. When this yep. is this is strange. We're not yep. used to seeing him there, and so it's interesting that that's you know in some ways kind of the stopper is is what he is. Yeah, and you know the the versatility to be able to play all those different roles is, I, I think, rare. Yeah, at this level, is it not? Very rare, and I think uh, you know I don't want to give away too much of our tactics going you know into the second half of our season, but Cut tape. <laughs> but I do think you know we'll we'll have to see less of that from him, and we can get him into a position where he's really just doing what he does best. You know, um, I think that we're getting guys to the the point now where you know, and again, there's some young guys that that we've been waiting just to kind of really switch on, and uh, we've known that they're going to do it, and I think they're getting to that point now where we can take him out of that role and and put him in you know. Uh, into a role where we know where he's best, um, and if we can get the guys, you know, in the midfield to really support that, um, you know, I think we can get him. Like I said, just doing what he's doing best. Where does it come from for you? I mean, you you watch you play, and you're you're so good one on one, and you're so good at getting making space for yourself and getting that separation. Is it instinctual? Is this from the time I was four years old? I had a ball in my feet, and I just learn how to do this kind of stuff where did this come from I feel like the biggest thing is just like knowing where everyone is like in the game there's so many times I just feel like an idiot because I just keep checking my shoulder for literally like no reason because I just checked it a minute ago not even but like I guess just like knowing where everyone is knowing when they're gonna like press you when they're gonna stab at you and put their foot in and then you just go you know it's interesting because Blake comes from basically what I would consider a soccer family I mean his older your sister is, a, is an excellent player plays for Bethany Lutheran I think she's their all-time leading scorer as well so you have two Perry's right now they're leading UMAC schools in all-time scoring and I've got to know your parents a little bit and were you guys you and your sister were you guys exposed to soccer at a very early age or was it something that you both just kind of took up as you went along I mean we were I think I was playing when I was four and she was five or six okay. so like yeah we have been playing for a very long time. Okay, okay, that's cool. Did your parents play soccer at all? Then my dad played a little bit in high school. He was a goalie for like two years. Okay, and okay. then that was it. That was it. So you guys just kind of like started this movement yourselves. Like the two of you just kind of started kicking balls around, and well, it's, it's certainly worked out for both of you. That's for sure. Um, it's kind of interesting though to hear this background because, like I said, I've got to know your dad and your mom a little bit, and um, it was interesting because I want to bring up this note after the celebration as well. I turned around and I saw the yellow card come out and I turned and looked at your dad and your dad was sort of like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was smiling and obviously proud, but I was like, yeah, he got the yellow to boot. And he's like, yep. <laughs> like his, your dad was kind of like, he was kind of going with it at the time, but that was, that was kind of, that was cool to see because it was nice for me to be able to see it in person. I mean, I didn't broadcast that game, but it was nice for me to be able to see it because when Eric Watson broke the record, he was on the road. Yep. You know, he broke it in, at Bethany Lutheran in 19. So for, to be able to do it at home, how much, did, going back to that goal, um, how much did that mean to you, being able to do it at home and not have to do it on the road and then come back and then have to do all the interviews? Was it nice to be able to do it on your own field and where you've uh, kind of plied your trade, I guess, for the last four years? Uh, definitely. I mean, because when we travel, we only, well, I mean, we only take whoever really wants to come that doesn't dress. So, like, it's fun to have all them there and then just to have all my family there on the given day was awesome. Yeah, that was nice. I know that you were hoping that it would be a home game just yeah. based on because when Wadi broke it, it was on the road, and it's great, yeah. but it still was not a home game. 
And well, that I was hoping that I would be there for the game. So for reasons <laughs> that we won't get into, I wasn't there for the game prior. Uh, I was sitting at home watching Another that inside game. story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Blake tied the record, and I'm sitting there watching with my brother, and I said, man, like, I'm so excited for him, and I hope he breaks the record. But part of me hopes that you know he doesn't break it until the next game. And then when I saw Blake after the game, he said, "Yeah, I, you know, I saved one for you or something like that." Like, <laughs> so I was grateful just to be in, in uh, you know, be there in person to to see the the last goal go in. Well, I've been lucky because for me, this is the third now, maybe the fourth player that I've covered. Actually, fifth if you go all the way back, really, that I've covered in my UW Superior athletic career that has broken a scoring record. It was Jake Smith first, then it was Sally. Then it was Bucky, then it was Waddy, and now it's Perry. Mm-hmm. So I feel like I'm kind of on that role, and I think so this is all you. Well, I don't. I know hope if it's you all thanked me. him for this. <laughs> <laughs> but to be honest with you, like in broadcasting the games where the record has been broken, and even being in, in the presence, I think the only other one that I that actually happened at home was I think Jake Smith. Mm-hmm. I think Jake broke the record. It was at home. But I think other than Jake, I think he might be the only one because Sally broke it on the road. Yep. Waddy broke it on the road, and I think Bucky did too. So, you know, it, it's there's something extra special about being there for that moment. You know, I was re- totally honored when Jake broke the, the scoring record for men's basketball. And, you know, I'm very honored to have been there when Blake broke the record as well because with the other three, I mean, I did broadcast the game where Sally broke the record, but it was at UW-Stevens Point, and it didn't feel quite like – they handled it very well, though. They did. They, they did a very really nice job it. with that. They were yeah, very they, classy about it. They did it. a very classy job about it. But it doesn't feel right if you're not in your home field or your 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 home arena or your home court. It just, it, you know, it's nice and everything. And there was very, you know, there was a moment where it was like, well, that's, you know, that was nice. And Stevens Point went out of their way to make sure that she got honored for that. They gave her a game ball and all this other kind of stuff. Very and, cool. You know, stopped the game to have some pictures taken and all this. But it's a little bit different when it's at home there's no question about it and so that was really cool to be able to see you do it in front of the home fans and have your family there that was really cool so Blake I'm curious like have you heard anything from any of the other like goal scoring like the record holders from Wadi or Bucky or Gubbio or anybody else well I heard from Wadi before the game and he basically just said like good luck like kill it (laughs) and smash the record and then he goes and if you don't beat it today well please do because I don't want to have to text you tomorrow (laughs) so that was kind of funny and then Bucky was right before the game, uh, well, the Friday game, and it was funny, too, because he hadn't been there for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I was like, oh, you just show up to see me break it or what? <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, yep, only reason I come. He goes, that's why I've taken a few games off because it's been a while since he scored. <laughs> so that was funny. Bucky, Quiet little dig there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Bucky had a great yeah. one-liner after the game because I was down – uh, just outside the playing surface, and you guys were coming back off the field after the win. <laughs> Bucky turned to me and said, now I'm a bronze medalist. <laughs> That's literally <laughs> what he said to me. Yeah. I said, I went from a gold medalist to a bronze medalist in two years or three years. <laughs> so so has this helped solve the debate? You know, again, I'm just – I'm kind of stealing the show, and I apologize, but, like, I've got some questions about this whole thing now that I can finally get answered as a coach. So in 2019, there was a goal that was scored on a corner kick that Perry, Perry took the corner kick and it was it had a, a real nice bend to it and scored it. And, <laughs> <laughs> but the goal was credited to Eric Watson. Perry got the assist on that, uh, and I think that was always a little bit of a you know just a, a conundrum of, of who really got that goal, huh. you know. And so really, you know, that the goal scoring record would have been broken not 
just one goal prior to that, but even two goals prior to that because it was a Eric essentially had a one two less. goal shift. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So is, did that did that come up in your mind ever this year? You oh, know, yeah. like yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. 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 One of the things so, though that like impresses me the most now about Blake, and we're talking about his goal scoring ability now because he's got forty five and counting right now. Mm-hmm. Is the fact that he actually, for all the goals that he scored, he has more assists this year than goals, which I think says a lot about, you know, you were talking about that unselfishness and stuff like that, because I think right now it's six goals, seven assists. And for a while there, it was like two goals and six assists. Like you were basically assisting on a lot of the goals that were being mm-hmm. scored. Did you look at yourself not just as somebody coming into this year? Did you not look at yourself just as somebody who's going to score goals, but also help other guys get into the back of the net with goals this year? I mean, was that something that you wanted to, to focus on a little bit? Well, I feel like ever since my freshman year, it's just been getting better and better with that. And, like, this year it's just finally clicked. Okay. And the balls have just been, like, being put in the right place and people are finishing them. And you got some good guys to run with up there. I exactly. Mean, you know, this team has got a lot of good forwards. Do you want to talk about the assists you would have if other guys would finish? Or we just <laughs> wow. leave that on today? <laughs> We're getting full. Ex- you all know who, you know who I'm talking to. We're all getting full insight here. <laughs> into love you all, program. fellas. Yeah, no, <laughs> no shade cast <laughs> here. Take the temperature in the locker room after this one airs. My gosh. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, Blake. I'm just trying to get you to have some sort of gaff here and just yeah. <laughs> Sometimes those are the best interviews. Yeah, oh you know? gosh, that's funny. Well, if you're not going to get that from the local me, you might as well get it from your coach. Right? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know. I mean, that's the. But to your point, Matt. I mean, he's I think two two assists shy of the assist record as well. Okay. Um, you know, and so that would be, and he's already at the points record. He's at the goals record now, and uh, you know, I think a chance here going forward to to find that assist record too, which would be kind of cool to have. You're gonna rip you your jersey off again. Tri- no, 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 I don't no, need no. another. <laughs> that was a one-time event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Save those yellows for for the tournament. You yeah. know what, though, we should actually have a poll. I was thinking, who has the best goal celebration? Blake with his jersey or Philip with his backflip? Yeah, because we haven't talked about that backflip, and he's done it a few times now. Mm-hmm. Erickson has. So, actually, I, I had to laugh because uh, when the women were playing UW River Falls earlier in the year, um, he was ball shagging. And Alexa got him to do one in street clothes. Yeah. And he didn't want to do it. Yeah. So my but- daughter Alexa was so <laughs> bummed that she missed the goal celebration, the backflip. And I said, well, if you go up to him right now, I'm sure he would do it. Because the whole, like, all of our guys were chanting for him to do a backflip, and he wouldn't do it. But then this little eight year old girl goes up and asks him, and he just melts right in the spot and, and does his backflip. She had that and, yeah. little twinkle in her eye. Like she knew yeah, she could get him to do she it. Knew so it. She ran yeah. down there at halftime. and she, Please, mister. Yeah. yeah, can you please do the backflip? Yep. Because the first time he did it last year, I was like, whoa, and a backflip to boot on top of the goal. Yep. But he did another one this year, and it was a game that I wasn't at. And who was that one against, John? Do you remember? Oh, I don't, I, I don't remember off the top of my head. He, okay. we, we've had so many home games. Yeah. I, I can't keep them all straight okay. anymore. Yeah. But, yeah, that's kind of like his patented celebration, so. But, uh, I know they were trying to get him to do one, I think, on Friday against Crown, and yep. he kind of said no. Yeah. 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 I think he did one on Saturday. He did one he? Saturday. Yeah. yeah, he did. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that backflip is kind of a thing. That's kind of his goal celebration, but. Can you do a backflip? No. Okay. <laughs> not, I, I wouldn't even get close. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and mid mid season is not the time to learn. Just from the coach's Fair. standpoint, let's keep you healthy. I don't need any broken bones on a backflip. Off season work though, you know. You know what? Traditional season kind of when, stuff. Maybe when, you can do a cartwheel <laughs> and then a backflip. Like you know, my two and a half year old does a mean somersault. He's willing to teach you. All right, perfect. <laughs> can I you was, believe uh, that there are, there are college athletes that don't know how to do a somersault? No, we've got a couple on our team. 
Are you one of them? No, no. Okay, good. I'm good. Blake doesn't mean somersault, but there are a couple players, and I'll, I'll leave them out of this, but there, there are players that really at, at 20 or 21 years old do not know how to do a somersault. I I feel like somebody's failed them along the way. Don't, didn't they have to do any sort of tumbling in gym class? That's what I thought. I feel like that's like the first thing I ever learned. When well, I was, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen these guys? Like, yeah. Yeah, there's – at least two of them I can think of. Yeah. They, they yeah. kind of start yeah. and then fall on their side, do that whole thing. Yeah, it's, they can't it's do it mess. straight. Like they can't, or yeah. they just can't do it. It's kind of like tuck the shoulder and then like kind of roll on their side almost. It's it's real ugly. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Because I feel like, like I said, does when Coach I was a demonstrate kid. that properly? Coach Piazza does, yeah. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> that's not my <laughs> game. I, I could see Pizza doing that. I could yeah. definitely see him doing Yeah. Okay, guys, here's how you do it. Like in drills and stuff. Yeah. I could totally picture him doing that. Maybe even Bucky would do it. I don't know. Possibly, yeah. Possibly. yeah. I could see Bucky, Bucky doing that. Yeah, maybe that's a challenge. We'll, we'll put that challenge out to Bucky. <laughs> they should do like a somersault like race. I don't know if they'd be able to stand up after that though. Yeah, you'd be dizzy. Yeah. yeah exactly. How long's the race? Well, let's see. Well, well, it couldn't be too long because otherwise they'd be like ten t- yards. Yeah, ten yards are probably ten good. yards. Yeah, that might do. That's it. a fair number. Yeah. What do you think? Three somersaults, ten yards. Would that get you there? Should be about right. Yeah, maybe four. Pizza but, might have the advantage because he's a little bit taller. Yeah. Oh, you're talking between Bucky and Pizza? Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Coach's challenge? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> That's on. Yep. I mean, we better get Dalton in there, You can throw Dalton <laughs> yeah. in there, too, and have the three of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Student coach? Yeah. This Jake Myron? fantastic. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> be part of the warm-up, so we just, like, yeah. You yeah. Know, the guys are warming up for their next game, and then all of a sudden, they, everybody just breaks on the summer yeah. results. Yeah. <laughs> that would throw the other team off. They'd look down at the end of the field and... You guys are all doing somersaults <laughs> except for the, the guys you've called out yeah. who can't. Yeah. That would kind of throw you off. It'd be like, like when it. they were we, dancing. We were just talking about this before the, you know, before the interview here that uh, we need to figure out ways to maybe get uh, a little bit more charged up in the pregame so that we're, you know, we're ready when kickoff happens. Maybe somersaults would be Staff the answer. Somersaults. <laughs> they might be. <laughs> I will say this. One of the things I've been impressed with with your team is that you guys play some serious ping pong. Like, the guys get into it. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. I don't know. Blake, are you part of that? Do you get into the ping no, pong I don't, thing? I don't usually go into that building that much. Okay. Because, like, I've come down. There's been some, like, ping pong death matches going on down there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I don't know so much with this group, but in past years, holy cow, it's been pretty intense. Who was maybe Flavio? Was he the best ping pong player? It was Flavio Chapman. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Elliot Chapman was a was a pretty mean was he? ping pong player as well. Yeah. 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 It's always fun when they had spectators too. Yeah, you end up people I stopped to watch the table because they get into and then you'd hear it. the oh, yelling yeah. upstairs. Yeah, yeah, we get intense at times. Yeah, I thought they should have like a fundraiser, like a team wide uh, ping pong tournament, and see who came out on top. It might get a little bit too heated though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Could you do that? Like, is is ping pong an NCAA sponsored sport? That's a good question. I do not. I don't believe it is. Yeah, I don't believe that would be the tennis will show yeah. up under the NCAA All right. championships. All right. Yeah, I've never seen table tennis uh, listed. So, I mean, I know bowling is. Yeah, you know, so be careful when you go to the bowling alley. Right. Yeah, I, I sometimes I forget about that stuff. We used to have a bowling team. Really? We did back in the day, huh? Back in the day, when you were here? No, no, before that, we had the bowling alley on campus when I was here my freshman year. They I still missed had, out on the bowling they still alley. Had yeah. the bowling. We alley. Get that St. Olaf too. We used to have a bowling alley. I don't think I think they tore it down though. I think it, yeah. when we when we changed the student center at Saint Olaf, we changed yeah, that's it what all, happened yeah. with ours. Well, they they turned it into a computer lab, yeah, and then it got torn down. Well, what happened was the reason why we still had it was because um, the student lounge, like in the student center, was down there, so you could go down there and get food and 
you know, whatever else. And there, there were some like video game arcade stuff down there, and you know, places to sit and hang out. And there were big screen TVs, so you could watch like sports and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff in there. But yeah, there was we, also a bowling alley attached to it. We don't really care about Saint Olaf at all. Yeah, yeah. I know. <laughs> let's just, yeah, let's just go over <laughs> enough on them for today. Enough on them for today. Um, yeah. So now I, I kind of want to touch a little bit on the rest of the year because you guys now 11 games you've got what nine to go mm-hmm. and then the umac tournament probably coming up here um you guys pretty happy with where the team's at i mean i know it's been a bit of a transition this year in terms of like you said it's a little bit younger group some guys have been thrown in different positions that they're not completely used to at the beginning of the year but it does seem like you guys are coming along would you guys agree with that i mean because it looks like like you guys are getting primed and ready to go here towards the end of the year go ahead blake i'll let you answer first uh, i'd say I like kind of where we're at. I do wish we were a little bit further, but at the same time, as long as we get to where we need to be when the tournament comes, then we have no issues. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, you're always going to want to be further along than you are, right? Right, um, yeah. And I do think that we, you know, again, there's there's some youth in the team, and it's it's been very good for us. Um, and I think uh, there's been some adversity that we've seen along the way here this year that, you know, I, I don't think we were prepared to handle and, and have never – you know, gone through anything like that before. Um, and I think that's, you know, uh, you know, in some ways maybe affected just a little bit of our, you know, um, I don't know if it's preparation or just, you know, some of our, our transition here. Um, you know, but I do think that we are in a spot where, um, a lot of our individuals are playing at the highest level I've seen them play at. And I think it's a matter now of really getting that to click. And, um, I mean, one of the things that we've seen, I mean, so we've had, you know, goalkeeper, uh, sort of a, you know, revolving door there with our goalkeepers. Um, both have done a really great job, you know, between Alex and Peyton, uh, Alex has suffered some injuries along the way. And so, um, that's been kind of a back and forth, you know, I was just saying that I think yesterday in yesterday's game, so we're 11 games in, it was our sixth different center back pairing, uh, up to this point in the year, which is really a hard thing to to really get defensive consistency going when we've been rotating those guys around, um, and that's just due to illness and injury and in all sorts of things, um, you know. So that's been difficult. Um, so with all that said, uh, I do think we're on the cusp of really getting it to click, and I think this last weekend we really saw it start to to take shape more to the point where I'm I'm used to seeing it uh, grow to. Um, and then, you know, I think we had a setback yesterday, uh, but I think that there's some, some really good kind of, uh, development that came out of yesterday's, uh, result as well. And now going forward, I, I really do feel like we're in a good spot going forward. Um, but I don't think we're, you know, I don't think we've been tested in that spot yet, if that makes sense. Like we're, yeah. we're right there and I think we're right there. Um, but until we get those next results, like, I don't think we'll know for sure. Um, but I think the guys, I mean, they, they should have a lot of confidence in the way that they're playing. I hope they do. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the uh, conference has gotten tougher, um, and so there's going to be some some games coming up here where uh, we really need to be able to showcase it. And I think we're there, but, you know, ask me again next week. So you're going to be back on the show next week. Bring you're, it on. You're, you're yeah. diving in as, a, as the co-host, the third host? <laughs> no, no, no. I don't claim that at all. Yeah. <laughs> Should we finish them off with some rapid fire? What do you think? Are you up for it, Blake? Sure. Okay, there you go. Well, you can't <laughs> say no. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. You want to answer now, man. Well, yeah, he could have said no, and it would have yeah. been, okay, fine, let's let's kick him out. We're done. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, but he's he's willing to go for it. Yeah, well, I don't think we've ever done one with an athlete, so this will be the no, first No, I never one. have. So all-time leading score, I might as ne- well be the first guy to you do know, it. You know, I never have so. because I, I'm just... 
Right. I'm worried about some of them being put on the spot, and they depends on what the rapid fire they may question not, is. They may not think that's fun, whereas the coaches are right a little more savvy media wise, and right. You know, we can we can do that sort of thing. Oh, I got some questions too. You want to jump in on this? Oh, absolutely. You want the first one? Yep. All right. <laughs> Go. Kind of, kind of a little groan from Blake on that one. <laughs> I think he's more scared of what Joe's yeah. going to ask than you are. <laughs> All right, Blake. Who's the more famous Perry? Blake and Superior or Maddie and Mankato? Oh, Blake and Superior for sure. Why? Because... <laughs> See, this is rapid fire. Yeah, it is. Uh, <laughs> I would say just because I don't know our team's done better, so I guess it gives an overall like more awareness around the community. Okay, I'll allow it. Yeah, would she say the same thing? Probably. I feel like she would. Okay, I'm gonna ask next she, time I, was, I see her now. Yeah, yeah, I feel like we should call. Well, we'll see him in a couple <laughs> yeah. weeks. We'll be down there, so we'll we'll see Maddie at that point. I'll ask. So make sure she listens yeah. to this segment and can have an answer to that question. <laughs> we'll get Elliot to clip that one question. So you can play that for yeah, absolutely. You can play that for. That's actually a pretty good way to start, though. That's, that's, good, that's, that's rock solid. Yeah, that was a rock. That, solid that's one. a direction I wouldn't have. Gone. I was about to say, like, I mean, that's about as intensive a rapid fire question as we're going to get here. <laughs> yeah. I think, because usually Garbs ask questions like, "What's your favorite hamburger?" or like, "What would you be doing if you weren't playing soccer?" <laughs> Something like well, that. Yeah, that, that kind of. Yeah, stuff. that kind of stuff. You know. But then, yeah, who's more famous, you or your sister? Is kind <laughs> of a right. Tough that's one. Cool. <laughs> so I should have let you guys go and you just want to do it on the next one because I don't have anything that's going to. We'll throw you in the deep end, Blake. Yeah. No, I'm. That's it. I'll, that I'll was your you one. <laughs> there will, no, there will be a follow at some up. point, but you, you guys go ahead. Yeah, solid finish. Wow. <laughs> I, I think he probably has a follow up in there, though. Annoying I think he does. Yeah, he's, I think his brain will keep working for a while. <laughs> he's going to sit there and like kind of like you he's going to let me muddle through see. this. Then he's going to bring in the solid finish. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking here. too, for sure. Movie about your life. What's it called? Just go with it. Just go with it. I was I was thinking the droopy mics, but I guess not. Just go with it. Is that an actual movie title? It is an actual yeah. movie title, but like, I don't know. That's Adam Sandler, right? It's Adam Sandler, yeah. Yeah. I've just done very well, I guess, with like whatever happens. Just, just got to deal with it. I don't know if I can allow that because he's stealing a current movie title, unless this is like the. But it really does describe it, his unless personality. It's a, unless it's a rehash. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Anybody listening on this that knows Blake will say, nailed it. It's true to his personality, though. Answer. So that's, I, yeah, I can't really blame him for that. I mean, it's. You know, knowing him a little bit, yeah, right. He, he goes with the flow pretty well. Okay. Well, I feel like with the rapid fire questions, there's not always like often there's not a right answer. No, there usually that isn't. was the correct answer. Okay, yep. All right, <laughs> yep. Well, that's good. We'll take it. We'll give you full points on that one. We right, we we talked a little bit about chirping. What's your favorite G-rated chirp that you dropped <laughs> on an opponent? You don't have to name the opponent. Um. Well, there was one time, uh, it was me and Doya right next to each other, actually, up top, and uh, this guy, like, said, like, saying, like, I wasn't that good, and then I basically just looked at him and go, yeah, we'll see you in playoffs, and then I went, just kidding, you're not going to make it. Okay. And then and then Doya <laughs> just looks at him and just goes, yeah, really nice day out here. Today. <laughs> so, yeah. That's probably, like, my best, like, PG-rated one. Okay. The Doye combo is epic, though, because oh, that yeah. is exactly how Doye would respond to that, too. <laughs> well, exactly. On the flip side, what's your favorite PG-rated chirp that an opponent has thrown at you? Oh, gosh. 
How many of them are there? I don't know. We're going to find yeah, out. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. There's really not a ton. I guess just like like the worst thing that ever happens is just like being called short all the time, I guess. But like, okay. <laughs> like, so I, I figured there had to be one in there somewhere where no, you walked yeah. away and went, okay, that was really good. No, there really hasn't been that many, surprisingly. Okay. What's the significance of number 19? I've just had it my whole life. That's literally the only reason. It's not a birthday or no. my favorite player. It's just 19's the number. Yeah. At what age did you get 19? I had it when I was like seven. Oh, wow. And then, I mean, I've been away from it a couple times, but, like, mm-hmm. always went back. Mm-hmm. Bone-in or boneless chicken wings? Depends on who I'm with. Okay. Oh. That's a good answer. That's a really oh. good answer. Now, see, look at Because I, I, uh, oh, yeah, that's a great answer. <laughs> because that's Are you always saying, like, date night, it's got to be boneless, so you're not, you don't have, like, well, you know, like, start of the wing sauce. Start every, of the relationship, yeah. yeah. Then now, once you're comfortable with them, you and Angelique are at that point where you guys, Oh, it's, yeah, bone, okay. it's bone in. Yeah. But like, <laughs> but, like, there's also some times where I just don't feel like getting messy, so then boneless. Okay. Okay. That's fair. So, yeah. So you build up, you start out with the boneless just to make sure it's okay. And then you got yeah, to exactly. the you gotta be clean. You don't want to have yeah. all your right. Fingers, yeah, I you know? yeah. And then you end up getting married and then it's just like, no, bring home three right. dozen of the <laughs> sloppiest wings you can right. get your hands yeah. on. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't yeah. matter anymore. What's your favorite flavor of wing? Ooh, at B-dubs, I really like Asian Zing. That's also fair. Well, that, that, that's one of those that, that depends yeah. on mood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. someday you're a Parmesan garlic guy that's not that's it the might one be I go with. Zing I'm a, guy, I'm you know, a so parmesan garlic i think it would depend guy. on the mood yeah well they've only got like 15 sauces or right so, like. <laughs> and you have to sign a waiver for one of them <laughs> yeah that's true i've had that one it's and you're here to tell about it i yeah. am okay. i am i survived i didn't even have to sign a waiver but very nice yeah if you what is outside of soccer what sport would you want to master oh what sport yep i would say probably golf I don't That's really, the popular answer. I don't really go that much, but like I just you can play it for so long that like you might as well get good at it and have fun. That's kind of like the paradox of it though, is that you can play it a long time and still not get very good at it. Yeah, you, yeah. you, you because it's yeah, like exactly. you know, because That's why people get excited when they're eighty five years old and shoot their age. Yeah. Exactly. Like, wow, that was I mean, a great round. Mm-hmm. You know, some of my favorite memories of the golf outing actually are about Joe Mooney. Because I think the first one I went to <laughs> you were ready to cut. I'm gonna adjust my seat. <laughs> I was riding around in the golf cart with Dave Ovi and helping him pass out the uh, 50-50 tickets. And I, <laughs> we happened to drive by that first tee box right next to the clubhouse over in Namaji. And Joe was playing. I think you were playing with maybe Roger Plukta and a couple other people that, okay. that year. And Joe walked wow, up to the tee, and you know how they had that they have, like that little pond. <laughs> right out in front of that tee box. <laughs> Joe stepped up and he took a swing and the ball went whoop. It went like five feet and then went right into the pond. That's, <laughs> thought, I'm in the right place. Golf game pretty well. <laughs> yeah. And he turned and gave me a look like, well, <laughs> that one didn't go very well. <laughs> and I was like, I turned to Dave Oviatt and I was like, I think I'm in the right place. These people are almost as, uh, they're just as bad at golf as I am. Yeah. <laughs> I'm nowhere near old enough to be able to shoot my age. Like even on a nine, nine hole, like, yeah, I'm 38 and man, I'd, I haven't seen many 38s on a, on a nine hole. You know, I'm, I'm 47, and I'm not sure I've seen many 47s on a nine hole. 
So uh, that was kind of my introduction. But Joe was the first one I saw them on the golf outings, <laughs> and he hit that ball straight into the pond, and I was like, okay, because that pond, if, if for those of you who aren't aware, it's like what twenty, thirty feet ahead, maybe. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, yeah, roughly. right around there. And, Do you uh, golf left or right-handed? Righty, righty. I'm like, okay. There you go. What's nice. your pregame meal? Well, it depends. When we go on the road, it's either Jimmy John's or Subway. But at home, uh, with these 1 o'clock games, I usually just don't eat. Wow. Okay. But, like, <laughs> if I were to eat, it's either, like, an egg and toast or ramen. Okay. No. The, my pregame meal in high school, every game was ramen. Interesting. Yeah. Mine was macaroni and cheese from the time I was, like, 10 years old all the way through college. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I, I, I see. I learned something new about you. I didn't there you know go. that. There you go, man. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to educate the people. How far ahead of game time were you eating? Great question. Um, I would usually have that 1.30, 2 o'clock. Okay. And that's and on a 7 o'clock? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Like, yeah. It'd be like 1.30, If you're eating at like, you know, 5.30 and no. then, you know. No. It'd usually be that around 1.30, 2 o'clock. Yeah. And then 4.30-ish. Okay. PB and J. Yeah. Yeah. So you get those carbs early. Yeah. Let them yep. sit in a little bit. Yeah. Get your okay. nap in and, yeah. then, and then go. Yeah. You, want, you want to finish it off with one? I'll leave the last one for you. I didn't know I was, I was up. I already. told you we were coming back. Yeah. But I guess, man, I. Uh... Oh, I saw your. Uh, <laughs> the light turn on when yeah. you said the boneless, you know, the boneless versus the bone in <laughs> wings question because he says that he was going to have just that one question. And I'm like, there's going to be a follow up you watch. And then when the boneless versus the bone in wing. I saw him go. <laughs> I'm like, he wants to ask another question over there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be like Garbs. I'm going to put you on the spot more than him. Okay. And see if Coach Mooney now can fun, come up with one more really, really good quick fire for Blake here. Okay. So let's see. What is it? Favorite practice drill? Ooh. Oh, it's definitely the square shooting drill. Really? Oh, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Okay. Least favorite practice drill? I knew that was coming too. <laughs> Follow up. Yeah. Uh, probably touch post, depending upon the day. Really? Yeah. See, that surprised me. I thought that would have been up there towards your favorites. So now you're going to build that into every practice. Yep. Well, <laughs> yep. But he did say depending on the day. So yeah. sometimes so what's he's a good day it, for touch post? Uh. Like a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Fresh legs and yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. So early week practices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Thursday, go. all touch post. <laughs> <laughs> we're doing one drill today, yeah. gentlemen. <laughs> Get used to it because we're going to do it Perry, all lead day. us. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll rename it the Perry. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I didn't know this. Okay, so there are drills now that have been named after players, and – you know the the thing of it is like we've we've got some some go to drills that we have to um, that we have you know like we we get in once or twice a week okay and it's just like at you know midway through the season we shouldn't have to explain the drill anymore if I could just say we're gonna do that drill right and so we're thinking of names for them and we're playing a game where there's there's four gates in the game that you've got to get one through and I'm trying to explain it to some of the new guys and Perry goes oh that's the Sosa drill do you want to explain that one and why that's the Sosa drill. <laughs> All right. So and it will, from now on, always be the Sosa drill. So you remember Sam Whaley? Yeah. All right. So we called him Sosa. So this drill, 
we were playing it, and we could have easily won the game. Like, all he had to do was play me, I play him back. But instead, he just kicked it, like, 30 yards. <laughs> and I screamed some words at the top of my lungs. And so now I always remember that drill as the so <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah. Not a, not a G-rated chirp, then. No. No, not at all. No. It's... <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Just a momentary, yes. you know, moment of insanity. Well, That's he, what they call it. I go, Perry, why is yeah. it the Sosa drill? He goes, you don't remember? <laughs> and he starts to describe what happened in the drill. I'm like, no, I don't remember that. And then he describes the rant that he went on. Oh, I yeah, I remember that. that. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's the rant afterward that it really is like the memorable part. Yeah. yeah. He, Perry did not just go with it in that, in that no. drill. Like, <laughs> not no, just there was going no just go with it there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, I look forward to your next visit when we find out what drill has been renamed the Droopy Mike. Nice. I got a couple, you got a couple in mind already. Yep. I look yep. forward to your next visit. The Droopy Mike, yeah. <laughs> All right. Droopy Mike. Joe Mooney, Blake Perry, thanks for stopping by. Oh, yes. Thanks, guys. We'll take a break. We'll come back with our final segment of this week's Eye of the Swarm right after this. Orkers Island Inn is now hiring, and there's a position just for you. Apply for front desk, housekeeper, bartender, server, cook, and dishwasher. We're hiring great people like you. Call or click for more information and apply today. We're back for our final segment of Eye of the Swarm, and that was a, a fun conversation. Uh, it went a lot of different directions. I did, and I wasn't expecting, rep, <laughs> expecting the rapid fire from Coach Mooney either. That was something. Either. I was like, wow. He came right at it too. Like I mean, it wasn't like a, a layup. No a fire question. Like you know, what what kind of toppings do you like on your pizza? It was right. It yeah. It was that it was, was legit. It went right. right to the family right away. Who's more? You know, yeah. Who's more famous? You or your sister? It's right. Like, that's a, that was an aggressive start, and I I felt you know in some ways ill prepared. You know, and <laughs> inadequate with my questioning after that one. But well, you know, it should be noted that Coach Mooney also has his own podcast. True. So he is kind of a little bit versed. Yeah, in he this, is a veteran. Yep, in this format. So he knows a little bit more. Uh, but, yeah, typically we don't have coaches that come right at the... Yeah, <laughs> he came out guns blazing on that one. So well, good, and you can good see, segment. Yeah, you could see Blake kind of be like, whoa, hey, yeah. I guess this is this is real now. <laughs> yeah, so... But that was that was a good segment, and uh, it's always fun to catch up with, with Coach Mooney because he is well-versed, and, yep. you know, when you get a chance to have the all-time leading scorer yep. in, in a program join you that's always fun too it is it's yeah. great and um, I'm happy for Blake um, you know when he came in as a freshman he was coming off the bench which normally happens with coach Mooney I mean he came off the bench I think for like maybe half of his freshman year before he started starting mm-hmm. and he's been starting ever since yeah but um, you know he's a playmaker um, and well, he's a dynamic player yes he and you know he does have a certain charisma and a certain presence on the field beyond uh, yeah he no he absolutely does yeah. and he's he's electrifying yes and he you know it's funny one of the things we didn't touch on is he also has open dialogue with the referees mm-hmm. and I get the sense the referees like bantering with him a little bit sure you know I saw it a couple times in the Morris game yep where I brought it up on air where he's having a little conversation with the referee um, you know, I think Blake just really gets a kick out of being out there, and right. that's the best part. Yeah, you know, I mean, whether he's talking to his opponent, he's talking to the referee, his teammates, whatever it is, I just you just get the sense that he just really loves being out there, right? And that's that's the best part about all of it. Really. So, when's he going to be out there again? You have he, a schedule. Yeah, I do have a schedule right in front of me. Actually, he's going to be out there on the road this week, uh, Friday and Saturday. They're at Northwestern and North Central, the men's soccer team, two p.m. and one p.m. respectively. The start times on the road; those are big games. They are. Um, you know, it's important to keep up right now. They're five and one in the league. Bethany still has, does not have a loss in the conference, so they need to keep pace with that. 
not too super worried about them making the uh, the conference tournament, obviously, but right. uh, you want to get that home field advantage if you can. So, right. um, yeah, they're on the road taking on Northwestern and North Central again Friday and Saturday of this week. Uh, they'll be on the road next weekend as well. They're not home again until the weekend of the 22nd, 23rd. So. Well, they're home the 20th. Or well, they are. Yeah, they're home. The, the that's tw- our next the broadcast. 20th. Yeah, they're home on the 20th against Scholastica. Scholastica. Yeah, yeah, but our next broadcast. Anyway. <laughs> yep. Um, it'll be a little while yet before they're back home. Well, they've been at home. Yeah, they've been at home eight, a lot. Eight of their first 11 were at home. Yeah, so, so their next four are away. Yep. And then, uh, like I said, they come home and play Scholastica and then the bridge battle game. The only one this year, so. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, women's soccer in the same boat, except for one uh, scheduling um, change, and we'll talk about that just in one second here. Uh, they are at Northwestern. That's a big game. That's their first place all, all alone in the Yeah, that's for, yeah, that's for uh, top Friday, seed. and that is going to be their only game on the weekend because mm-hmm. they were supposed to play at North Central on Saturday. Uh, that was supposed to be a 3.30 p.m. opening kick uh, down in Minneapolis. As it is, they'll only play on Friday at Northwestern, which will be played in St. Paul. Uh, that'll be a 4.30 p.m. kick, but uh, North Central has got some COVID protocol issues. So that game got rescheduled until I think it's Monday the 25th. 25th, yep. Yeah, and that'll be – is it still at 3.30? Correct. Okay, so it'll be a 3.30 p.m. start. But the women just with one game this week instead of the two. So they'll play that game against North Central eventually. That's going to be a busy stretch because they got three games in four days. Right. So, yeah, they're going to be a little bit leg-weary. That's where that depth comes in, though, thankfully. Yep, absolutely. So that's what's happening with uh, both soccer teams. Volleyball is also in action this week, and they've got two games coming up that will both be on the radio with yours truly. This Friday they're taking on Northwestern, uh, the perennial powerhouse that is the Northwestern Eagles, coming up to take on the Yellow Jackets 7 p.m. this Friday the 8th. Uh, 7 p.m. the first serve. I'll be on with the pregame starting at 6.45, and then they'll do it again on Saturday, this time against North Central, 1 p.m., the opening serve there, I'll be on the pregame at 12.45. Um, so, yeah, that's what's coming up for volleyball. Uh, Northwestern's always really good. Yeah. And the, where they rank right now, do you know? I know they're always in the top 20 yeah, somewhere. I want to say it's 15. Okay, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be a very stiff challenge. Yeah. Uh, they always are. And uh, you never know. I mean, uh, last time I think I did the Northwestern match is when the Yellow Jackets snapped their streak. So 65-game winning streak yeah, in the Yeah, 65-game winning streak. And that was that was a weird night. That was night. fun. That, that was, was fun. fun it was a three game sweep too. Which it was. was that I was not expecting that at all. No, no. So uh, Northwestern and the Yellow Jackets again, seven p.m. on Friday. Check us out on ninety one point three FM uh, for both that game and the North Central contest on uh, Saturday. Men's and women's cross country is idle, so they uh, they get the weekend off, which is a little bit of a nice breather for them because they're coming up now towards the UMEC uh, mm-hmm. championships. They've got one more, I think, race before that. But yep. Um, yeah, so they get the weekend off. Um, while men's and women's golf, though, they do not get the weekend off, nope. and it's for all the marbles this weekend. At the UMAC Championships, Pebble Creek Golf Club in Becker, Minnesota, it's a three-day event getting underway on Thursday in Becker. Um, it's always held at the Pebble Creek Golf Club, so um, that's nothing new. But, yeah, three days, uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday action for both the men and women on the road down there in Becker, Minnesota. Yeah, so, men looking for another championship. Yeah, looking for another trip to the NCAA tournament, so we'll see. Or the, or the NCAA meet in this case. Yep, so. they they placed second in the uh, UMAC preview a few weeks ago. Right. Uh, North Central won that. North Central's been playing well, so it should be should be a good meet. Yep, should be a real good meet, and hopefully Coach Eberhardt and his crew can uh, repeat again. Was the, this be four in a row? This will be four in a row. This will be four straight. Yeah, four straight for them, so that would be quite a run. Yeah. They've had uh, – I should make a note of this as well because we talked about them in the open. Uh, men's tennis won't be playing this weekend. Yeah, they're done until spring. Yeah, they're done until February. They're uh, done until 5th. spring. So, so yeah, they and that's a game against uh, or a match against McAllister. But uh, since we talked about them in the open and they play in the ITA Midwest Regional, I figured I might as well 
let everyone know that they are not playing this week. In fact, they won't be playing again until after the first of the year. So. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, we've got uh, UMAC championships for golf. Uh, we've got volleyball at home. And both soccer's on the road. And cross country gets the weekend off. Yeah. So that's what's coming up this week. Kind of a light week. Yeah, a little bit of a light week. And I know that uh, you – We'll take this, it. Yeah, at this time of the year, I know it starts to get a little bit on the grind side. Yeah, it's a, it's a little bit. But, I mean, it's, it's not – Nothing compared to what's coming up, right? You yeah. know, because next week the the two hockeys and two basketballs start their practices. Yep, officially, and uh, which means games are not too far on the games horizon. aren't far away for those four teams. And then you get that crossover season where you still have volleyball and soccer going on. Yep. And, whew. and we're expecting to have uh, some home games, especially in soccer. So, yep, um, yeah, both soccer's are probably going to be home. Um, you know, and they might be home all the way through. We don't know yet. Right, but, uh, we'll see. So. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna kick up here over the next couple of weeks absolutely. for sure. Absolutely. So we'll enjoy the the bit of a light week. Yeah, we'll we, take the light week we have right now. Yeah, absolutely. We want to thank Joe Mooney and Blake Perry once again for stopping by for the, this week's version of the roundtable. We want to thank Elliot Sweary for his work in the booth. For Elliot, for the Big Sound, Matt Johnson. I'm John Garver, and thank you for listening to Eye of the Swarm. Mm-hmm.